Hello, welcome to Off Curve, I'm Wicked Good, and I am talking to you about Hearthstone as I am driving home from work. It is Monday, October 28th, 2019. Three days from BlizzCon, is it three days, four days? I don't know. I, I'm super excited from BlizzCon. I'm, I'm so excited. Uh, it's my first time going, and it's kind of just hitting me because I just, like, left for vacation today. Like, I this is the last time I'm going to work before I leave for BlizzCon. So it's kind of hitting me all at once, and I'm really, 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 really excited. And, and if you are also going to be at BlizzCon, and you are able to come to Calm Before the Storm on a Thursday evening, the 31st, Halloween, I will be doing a panel on at a 6.30 p.m., uh, along with um, Andrew from the Happy Hearthstone, Ambodicus from Coin Concede, and Mage Death from Doctor 3, and Josh from the, ha from the Angry Chicken, and Deck Tech from Bliss Pro, and it's going to be a heck of a time, and you should come and hang out, and if you can't, never fear, I will get the audio in this feed for you, so that you can, uh, you can pretend that you're there. Um, I am also, uh, very happy, because, uh, friends, I got myself to Legend over the weekend. I was not convinced at all that it was going to happen, and I knew that pretty much it had to happen over the weekend, because any... You know, I'm I'm going to be on a plane on a cross country flight, and then we're going to be doing Disneyland before um, BlizzCon, and and then BlizzCon things, and it, you know, it, it was not happening if it did not happen this weekend. And over Saturday, I was trying a whole bunch of different stuff. Um, I was trying I, I, over the prior week, I was trying things like Highlander Paladin and Tempo Rogue because those were working until they weren't. And like they would work for a while, and and generally like they'll they'll work against one of the shamans, but um, but not the other. And so what we were, I was trying like a whole bunch of different stuff. None of it was really working consistently. I got myself down to rank three. I was kind, of, I'd, I'd been climbing back up again. I was getting into rank two, and then I just couldn't break back through it to rank one. And then I finally said, you know what? Sometimes, when life hands you shamans, you need to make shamanade. So, I, I pulled out HS Replay. I found whatever the highest win rate deck from 5 to Legend for Quest Shaman. I knew that Aggro Shaman was not my deck. Like, I'm not... I, I've gotten to Legend... Actually, the first time I got to Legend was with Aggro Shaman. But this Aggro Shaman, I've tried it. It tilts me off the face of the earth when I feel like... Like, I know that one of my tilt triggers is when I feel like I can't do anything. Like, when I'm drawing dead and there's just literally nothing I can do, and that happens for multiple turns. I can deal with it when it's a control, when I'm a control deck, because generally, like, any one card can get me out of that situation. But when I'm playing, like, a tempo deck and I'm just drawing, like, combo pieces and nothingness, it tilts me off the face of the earth because I'm just sitting there waiting for that game to finish. So I knew Aggro Shaman wasn't going to be for me, but Quest Shaman I'd, I'd been reasonably successful with. So I found a list. I'll link the, the tweet that I made on Saturday night. All, ultimately, I ended up... The list that I had cut down to one Wasp, and I think that's actually correct because you're, what you're trying to do is you're, you're, you're trying to get your quest done early, and the extra damage a lot of the time just... It's nice... But it's awkward because sometimes just the lackeys don't line up with your with the, the cards that are enabling them. 
Like, if you get it early, it's just kind of a dead card, and you don't really, like, you can play it just to advance the quest, but it's just, like, such a waste. Um, and that list actually was running, I think, Double Mutate, Double Evolve. I don't like Double Mutate because it's, again, it's a combo piece that's just awkward a lot of the time. Uh, so I cut that for a second Box Slosher because Box Slosher helps you get your quest online faster, and when you're playing a lot of mirrors, it's important to do that. It's also important to get that online for things like Life Drinker or just getting more lackeys to kind of get you out of situations. Like, the sooner... You, when there's a lot of... When, when it's... Quest Shaman against the field and the field is slower um, or the, the field is faster and you're not going to get time anyway. Like it doesn't matter as much but when you're playing a lot of mirrors generally you want to get your quest online ASAP. So uh, that was the switch that I made and it worked. I went 16 and 4 all the way up to Legend from like rank 3, 4 stars I think. And it was a very, very quick quick session. It was like over the course of a couple of hours. Um, my... I definitely did have some high rolls. I, you know, I don't even remember what they were because the games were over so fast. But some of those games were over by like turn five or six. There's one game where I didn't even get to complete my quest before the game was over. And um, there was the the player the the turn the game before uh, my final boss was a mirror, and my opponent had lethal on board but miscounted and traded off my board, and I was able to turn it around because so I was sure I was done. And then they just started trading. I'm like, wait, they're trading. And all of a sudden, I was back into it. Always be counting, folks. Always be counting. And I actually don't... Like, that was... It it's happens a lot lately where, like, the next-to-last match is actually more climactic than the last one. Because that's what I remember more. Because they were just... They were just, you know, had me dead to rights and then missed it. Um, there's not really... It was a very quick run, though. Like all things considered, like, I struggled a lot, and I was trying a lot of stuff, and, you know, some of it worked, and some of it didn't, but nothing ever wor really worked consistently, and, and sometimes when there is, like, a consistent best deck, or I guess there are two, but they're both in the same class, like, when one class is just that much better than everything else in the field, like, it, you can try to counter them, but if you can't, then sometimes if you can't beat them, join them, and it's, this is, actually what got me to legend the first time when I because I, again I'm not an aggro player and I got to legend with like aggro you know night uh cobalt and catacombs era aggro shaman because I just kept grinding like I think it was pirate warrior before that until the aggro shaman decks got refined after the nerf to spirit claws but I you know that was the best deck and you know sometimes you, you can get a lot of those games in and then the games that you lose like it's not as tilting when, when you feel like you have a chance, like, I need to feel like I have a chance in the game, right? Like, I just talked about that, but I think that's really what it comes down to. And, like, when you get blown out and you don't, you, you don't want to be bringing a knife to a gunfight, right? And, and in this meta, it feels like anything that's not Shaman is kind of a knife, at least as far as ladder is concerned. Now, I have been playing a lot of Mali Ghost Druid um, once I've gotten to Legend, and that's actually been working better for me. Um, at once I'm, now that I'm at Legend, but I also, like, the pressure's off from it, like, I don't mind as much if I drop some games, because, like, I'm not, I'm not grinding the top 25 or 15 or whatever it is to get, uh, you know, a birth to Arlington, like, I'm just trying to see what I can do in the time that I have left in the month, and just try to improve my play, and play against, you know, Legend-caliber players, right? 
So, and, and I really do enjoy the deck. Like, I think that if you're at a point where you're not really making a, a climb quickly, I mean, even if you are, it's been doing reasonably well against Quest Shaman. Um, it's just not as well against Aggro Shaman, but like the losses don't bother me. But when every loss was magnified, it was a little bit harder to do that. So, um, I can, I can also put the, Ma the Maligos Druid that I've been playing in the show notes as well. Also, my wife's been, um, got a Druid quest and we crafted that for her. She's been really enjoying it as well. It's a fun deck. It's, it's a little bit of a, it's a little bit of a brain teaser sometimes and you got to be really careful about how you order things. But, um, that's, that's pretty fun if you're, but I wouldn't try to learn that for a last minute push to legend. All right. So, you know, I was thinking about doing my rear view mirror on, um, old doom, but I think I'm going to save that for after, after BlizzCon, just because we're going to need something to do while everybody else is having fun reviewing the cards as they come out. Reminder that I will, uh, be on the happy Hearthstone with, uh, with Andrew doing that card review right before the set releases. And I don't review the cards on this show aside from, I'm sure that we'll have something, some, some, uh, immediate post BlizzCon reaction, uh, with hopefully some special guests while I'm out there. Uh, but I figure that, you know, I just got to Legend with Quest Shaman, and that's a deck you probably should be playing. So uh, this may be a little bit of a shorter episode because a lot of this is kind of common knowledge, but some of it's not necessarily. So let's talk about how to play Quest Shaman effectively, or at least what was working for me. And, you know, maybe these are things that are obvious, maybe they're not, but you know, whatever, every little bit helps, right? And if you're going to make a last push. So here, the list that I'm running, or that I ran to Legend, uh, so one copy mutate, uh, you run the quest, two evolve, two sludge slurper, two cable rat, two evil totem, two novice engineer, two questing explorer, two sandstorm elemental, uh, two box slasher, two desert hare, two mind control tech, one weaponized wasp, two life drinker, one witchwood piper, barista lynchin, two mogu flesh shaper, and shutterwalk. So, you know, obviously you've probably played against the deck enough if you haven't been playing with it to, to know how it works. But, you know, in case you've been a little bit intimidated, you're basically going to play the quest. You're going to uh, get whatever battle cries you can get down, get yourself to um, get your quest done, and then you're going to start generating lackeys, drawing cards, burning your, opponents in the, burning your opponent in the face with Life Drinker, and, you know, probably evolving a bunch of nonsense along the way. So, the way that I approached the mulligan with this deck, it ended up being that I was just kind of aiming for high rolls. And I think that's probably right. Like, you don't really... I, I think you keep Questing Explorer pretty much always. Because... And Questing Explorer is one of those cards that is very good. It's amazing pre-quest. And it's terrible post-quest. But you kind of need to run it because it's so good pre-quest. And the pre-quest stage can last like six, seven turns. So it's it's a good card to run because you're, you're likely to draw one of them before your quest is done. So I'll keep Questing Explorer. Um, I'll keep Mogu Flesh Shaper, Evolve, and Desert Hair. doesn't matter if I have the combo. You keep either half of it just because it's so big when you draw both of them. And if you have one half of the, the Evolve combo, you're very likely to draw the other half. So you're going to, you're going to keep those. And, you know, if you can get it to work out, 
that you high roll, you high roll, right? Like if you can get a board of four drops or you can get a Mogu down and then evolve it, uh, you know, you're golden. I don't usually keep mutate because generally mutate's a little bit lower value. Um, I'll, I'll use mutate if I get it on a Mogu or, and sometimes I'll even evolve like, you know, I'll mutate a four drop or whatever just to get value out of it. Generally when you're, when you're evolving, you want to trade off first. Um, you want to try to get a value trade if you can because you're effectively healing your minion, right? Like if you can turn a three, one into a five drop, that's much better than turning a three, three into a five drop because you're the, you know, you're going to get that much more toughness. If you think about it, you're kind of healing up the minion as part of it. So, you know, that you're, you're going to be mulliganing for that. You're going to be mulliganing for questing explorer. If you get a questing explorer, I'll keep box slasher. Because one of the really powerful turns that you can get in the early game is uh, questing adventurer on two, bog slosher on three, and then play a four or five questing adventurer on four. And and the reason is that you I, I the way I was playing it before was I was you know getting the lackeys down because that was you know the getting a cable rat down or um, you know or whatever early and then trying to get that that way. And those actually get better after the quest, so I was trying to save those for after the quest once I, and that improved my win rate a little bit. You still play them because completing the quest is better than not completing the quest, but um, but you, you generally do want to try to use things like Novice Engineer and Cable Rat and stuff like that um, after the quest is done. Also, if you get an Evil Totem in your opening hand, and you can keep it if your hand is good, but I might throw it back if it's not, um, and you have the coin, you want to coin Evil Totem on one and then play the quest on two. And the reason is that you're not advancing the quest with um, with the Evil Totem. So if you play Quest Evil Totem, um, which on the play is fine because it is what it is, but if you play Quest Evil Totem, then you're not advancing your quest at all until turn three. If you play uh, Totem, then Quest, first of all, you have a lackey guaranteed to be able to advance the quest. And you're also making it harder for your opponent to kill it. Like, you're, they're going to have to trade into it, or they're going to have to use a card to deal with it, usually, when you do that. And that puts you even further ahead. You're, you're, half of this deck is generating a lot of value, and half of this deck is, is pressuring your opponent into responding to your plays to exhaust their value. It, it's, that's the thing that, that really didn't occur to me until very recently, is that the, the way that Quest Shaman wins is, yes, it's going to generate a million lackeys, but a lot of that is you also just generate these really annoying boards that your opponent really doesn't want to clear, but... You can evolve it, or you can get a Stormbringer or a Bloodlust off of a off of a random effect, and all of a sudden, if they leave leave that board up, they're in for a world of hurt, right? So, and that it doesn't even have to have bunnies on it. Like the bunnies make it easier. Like if you're, you know, it just makes it so that you can get a Mogu down easier. So that that's enough incentive for them to want to trade it off. But you can also just play a hair. And, um, and then evolve that whole board and then get a bunch of two drops along with it also. Yeah, you'll get a Doomsayer every once in a while, but like it's it's like one in 130 or something. Like you, you don't even really worry about odds like that. So 
you know, it's it's really important to keep that in mind that just presenting board after board is kind of one of the the real strengths of Quest Shaman, and you shouldn't be afraid to play into that, even if you don't have the evolve, um, you know, the evolve triggers to go off of. So, a couple things to keep your eyes out for. Um, you do want to remember that the the hairs are going to discount the Mogu again. It's something that you see a lot when you're playing against the deck, but when you're playing as it, it's very easy to forget about it. That, you know, Faceless uh, faceless Lackey will generate two minions for you. Um, the hair will generate three minions for you, and then you can kind of subtract the cost of the Mogu from there. Generally, if you have one-cost minions, you want to play them out before the Mogu just because you can get the value out of it. This is like old Sea Giant math, where every time you play a one-drop, it's... Um, it's discounting it by one, so they're effectively free. Um, you also, if you're going to play a hair that actually discounts the Mogu by by three when you play it, so it's actually neutral because you're you're discounting the Mogu by three, but you're also paying three for the desert hair. The um, so that that's effectively free with the Mogu on board, or, or with the Mogu in your hand. And Faceless Lackey actually discounts the Mogu by one because you're you're playing two minions for one mana. So you have a net discount of one on the Mogu Flush Shaper. So all of those things are, are are things you need to keep in mind when you're thinking about can I evolve this board or not. Um, don't be afraid to use the evolve also when it makes sense. Don't feel like it's a hard combo with Mogu Flush Shaper and with um, and with desert hair like those are good but sometimes just getting some value trades and then evolving a board that you already have even if they don't have one of like the wombo combo cards on it can actually be pretty uh pretty impactful and like this this would drive me nuts as an as an azoth priest where i leave up a board because a lot of playing a hard control deck is just like deciding which boards you need to commit a board clear to and that's really where quest shaman becomes very difficult because every board is kind of low-key threatening but it's hard to predict like which ones are going to be the ones that actually turn into threats so if you um if you can do that if you can just kind of get a board and then make a bunch of like high health minions or, or just like enough to start chipping away you you put the other deck in a difficult spot and a lot of the tempo decks just can't come back from that like if you have a, a, de a board that you can do value trades off of and then get like three or four minions and you're not in a mirror you may just win that game on the spot because your opponent just really can't a lot of the tempo decks just can't win from behind that way they don't have like highlander paladin has basically like zephyrus and consecration and those are like the punishes and Rogue doesn't even really have that much. They're just going to be committing... I mean, they'll commit cards into it, and maybe they can flip around like a questing adventurer or something. But uh, very often, if you get like three or four minions that can attack on board, like there's not a whole lot that your opponent can do about it. So being smart about when you use the Evolves and, and not like treating them as, a, as much of like a game finisher, as much as just like a tempo tool, right? Like this is... a a slow deck but this is a tempo deck at the end of the day and you want to kind of get yourself into the position where you can hit your opponent with life drinkers and and wasp and um and cobalt lackeys 
and just kind of get yourself into position to be able to finish the game off from there. Remember that, like, each life drinker is six damage, so you can hero power and double life drinker for 12, which sometimes against a, a you know, a control deck or a slower deck is sometimes the difference between just winning and losing. Like, sometimes you can just get them down there, and that's the other thing that makes Quest Shaman so powerful. It's like a, a mini Raza Priest sometimes, where your opponent can get, can, like, stay alive, but the life drinkers just add so much damage, and, you know, keeping track of how many life drinkers and how many effects that can do damage to your opponent in your shutter walk is really important, too, because sometimes it's... In, you know, it's useful to, to bounce a bog slosher just to, even without the, um, even without the hero power, just to get that extra activation in the shutter walk when you may need it. So, you know, you want to be cognizant of how those things will, will replace themselves and also just kind of keep in mind, like what your shutter walk is going to, like, what are you expecting your shutter walk to do? Because sometimes that's the key also is knowing like how much you need to wait for your shutter walk. Because sometimes you need to play it early because you'll just deck yourself. And sometimes you need to wait because you just don't have anything in, in it. So knowing what you've played and what it's going to do, especially if it has like a mind control tech limit in it, like, um, you know, put in it already. Like that's a really important thing to know too. This, this list runs double mind control tech. That's mainly for the mirror because... You know, obviously somebody's going to probably combo off early. And when they do that, it's generally a minimum four minion board. So you want to be playing around mind control tech a lot in the mirror. But if your opponent does go and go four wide, then that lets you use the mind control tech to kind of get yourself even on board, especially if you can if you compare it with the um with the hero power. That that's kind of an obvious thing, but it's also like it's important to know which matchups you're going to get value out of mind control tech and which ones you aren't. Like, if you're playing against a Control Warrior or even, like, an Azoth Priest, and you've got, especially if you've got two in hand, you could just commit one to the board to advance your quest or even just to, to tempo out. Like, if if they've been playing around four minions for a while and they're a deck that, that doesn't put themselves into situations where they can't play around Mind Control Tech, like, Control Warrior will play around it pretty well. And, and Azoth Priest, until the very end, will do that, too, because even Mass Resurrection is only three. You can just go ahead and play out the mind control tech. Just get the tempo on board. It's generally better than not, and you're not really saving it for anything. And especially knowing that you have once you have a shutter walk and you know that you have that available to you, that's um, that's something that can be very handy also. Um, and you you may also kind of psych them out because sometimes the the first mind control tech coming out for no value implies that the second one is in hand. This depends on what rank you're at. If you're at a, a lower rank, you know, people aren't necessarily reading into what you're playing. But at a higher rank or at Legend, that's sometimes a tell that you have the second one. So you're just getting value out of the tempo out of the first one. So, um, you know, that that's something that you can also kind of put your opponent off of going wide and, and allow you to continue to snowball the board. So... That's really all I have to say about the deck. Like, I, you know, granted, I didn't spend a ton of time on it. There are some variants that you can try also. There's a, a Dragon Curator variant that you can try that runs Twilight Drake and Curator. I found that, that I didn't like that list as much um, because it just felt a little bit slower and a little bit more awkward. Um, but that is something that you can do. Um, but I, I feel like this list is pretty good. And, and it's a fun deck. Like, as far as oppressive decks go... Like, 
this is one of the better ones, I would say. Like, it's obnoxious to play against, but it does require a lot of decisions and a lot of skill, kind of the same way that Raza Priest did. Um, but it does it doesn't really play the same ever because you have a lot of variance in terms of what you're getting off of your lackeys and what your lackeys are giving you off of discover effects and what cards are coming out of evolves and, and, and all that stuff. Like there's a, there's a lot of variance. There's a lot of, you, you really need to be able to react to board states, uh, with this deck, which, you know, it, it, it does take some skill. Like it's easy to say, okay, well they just played their quest and then they won. And, and sometimes, you know, you evolve on turn four and that wasn't a very interactive game. Um, and, and, you know, playing Quest Shaman some more, because I got very tilted by it when I was playing pretty much anything else. And one of the things that I found that it, it really does is it, it does challenge you to be making, because there's a lot of decisions you need to be making on any given turn. Like, there are some games where you can make pretty much any decision and it'll work out, but there are some that it won't. And even things like the ordering of minions early makes a big difference. And like managing your hand size in order to, you know, how much value is too much value, um, you know, not being too greedy with some of your cards. Like, usually Barista without Hero Power is fine. Like, obviously you want to go for the Hero Power if you can if you can do it, but that's generally, like, if you're, if you're doing that, you're probably winning anyway. Um, but even without, like, if you can just get a decent hit off of Barista, that's often enough to just kind of keep the game going. Um, so... I, I like I like this deck as you know it was not a painful climb to legend with this deck and I didn't find it boring like I found a lot of the other oppressive uh, decks boring because no two games were really the same um, I would again prefer that we not have evolve in standard I would like it if we get an announcement of a, of a bounce patch soon that's going to remove it because uh, I just feel like it's not like uh, you know I was having this conversation on Twitter today about how it felt, how it feels like Big Priest or Big Druid, and, and it does, but the thing is that those decks in that era were decks that had a long-term game plan, but also had an ability to high roll because that was a Keliseth meta where every deck had to have an ability to high roll because sometimes your opponent was just going um, Keliseth, Shadow Step, Keliseth, Shadow Step, Keliseth, and then you had no chance. So... Um, you know, every deck kind of had to have its own high roll potential to keep up with that. This deck, this this meta, doesn't really have that much high roll potential aside from the shaman decks. Like everything else is very, you know, it got value, but it's not, it's not quite as, as all. I don't even want to say all in, but as swingy as a turn four evolve board is, and and like, I don't think it's, I don't think it's painful to play, but I think it's getting boring way way quicker than it was before Evolve, and I would be very happy if we went back to um, not having it. I know that's going to cause other problems. I don't know if you have to revert the whole the whole wild set if you do that, because I don't know what the counter instant is off if you do do that, um, but I'd love some sort of a change soon, please, and thank you. All right, so that's it for me for this week. Um, I will, again, if you're coming out to BlizzCon, come to Con Before the Storm. Come see uh, come see this panel. I'm really excited. I've got my uh, my Netherlight pre-shirt all, uh, all ready to, uh, to display on the panel. And it's a great group of folks, and it's going to be a lot of fun, and you should come out and, and say hi. If you are BlizzCon and you're not there, but you do see me, please do say hi. I don't bite, I promise. 
Um, and um, other than that, you know, if you're not, you will get the audio in the in the feed later this week once it's uh, made available to us to put in the podcast feeds. If you uh, would like to get announcements for when the show goes live, you can follow the show's account on Twitter at, at OffCurve. You can follow me on Twitter at WickedGood. Um, there's also twitch.offcurve.com, discord.offcurve.com for all of your um, all your social media connection needs. Uh, you can also find the uh, the specialist, not specialist, not anymore, the uh, Masters Tour qualifier uh, metadata at offcurve.com slash Masters Tour if you are playing a Masters qualifiers. I put a lot of work into that, and um, I appreciate feedback, and I just got access to band data that I'm trying to figure out maybe on the plane how to do something with that, so that'll be fun. Um, and you can also support the show by writing a review on iTunes or there is a link in the show notes where you can support with your money if that is also a thing that you would like to do. So, um, you know, enjoy this week. I think I feel a lot better about Hearthstone going into this year's BlizzCon than last year's. Um, the Hearth- the, the esports stuff aside. And I hope you do too. And I, and I look forward to uh, talking about the new set with all of you. So, um, until then, enjoy all the festivities and uh, be good to each other. We'll talk soon. Have a good one.